I'm the Black Country Vlogger and I'm a bloody idiot. Yeah, I'm yeah. Hello, my name's Matt and welcome to the Black Country Vlogger podcast. As always, I'm going to apologise for being late. Um, it's mainly because I had a plan on what I wanted to do. And at the very last minute, I thought I'd totally change it to do something completely different. So that meant doing a bit more research um, and I just did not get time to record it when I wanted to. So you may be wondering, what is this about? Well, if you look at the title, you'll see that it's called The Unlucky Dragon Casino. And um, it's because I wanted to talk about The Lucky Dragon Casino, um, mainly because I was initially going to look at the Fontainebleau, or however you pronounce it, and I was going to look into its history and um, exactly what's happened to it over the, uh, the last few years, because I thought it was pretty interesting, especially because recent news is saying that the Fontainebleau is actually having some renovations done and it may be open in the um, in the coming future. So I think I will still do that one. But while I was looking into it, I was getting a bit confused and I was being a bit thick really. And then I remembered, you know what, the Lucky Dragon. Uh, we should have gone to that place, um, I think it was in 2019, but we never got around to it and then it closed and, um, well, obviously that opportunity had gone. And I wondered, like, well, what happened with the uh, with the Lucky Dragon? Because um, I've all been calling it the Lucky Dragon or the Red Dragon. It's the Lucky Dragon. It's the Lucky Dragon Casino. And I thought, you know what? What happened to it? Like, why Why did it fail? So um, I thought I'd do a bit of Googling, have a look around, read some news reports. And um, do you know what? It's pretty interesting, yeah. So I thought I'd share what I found with you lot. And hopefully you'll find it equally as interesting. Now, caveat here. I've done a lot of research. I've typed up my findings. I'm going to read what I've found. So it's not going to sound supernatural. Not that I sound natural on the radio podcast anyway. Um, I'm going to sound like I'm reading because I am reading. But obviously if I think of someone else and start randomly talking about that then I'll do that as well. Um, so yep, let's start then with the story of the Lucky Dragon Casino. With the planned opening of summer 2016, the Lucky Dragon was developed by a shop called Andrew Fonfa, and it would be the first casino built from the ground up since the heady days of the 90s, when casinos were popping up left, right and centre. It would be located at 300 West Sahara Avenue at the north end of the Strip, which was home to Circus Circus and the Stratosphere, which we now know is the Strat. It was designed to be a nine-storey hotel tower with 200 rooms and a 1,760 metre squared casino floor. The boutique hotel casino would have an Asian theme as it was being financed by Chinese investors and would in the end have cost over $160 million. Six years before, the Cosmopolitan had opened but now it was 2016 and ahead of schedule, the Lucky Dragon had a soft opening on November the 16th, 2016. Now, those of you who may remember the initial designs and the renderings of the casino will also remember that the casino ended up looking quite different. The colour scheme of a nice shiny red exterior remained, but it wasn't anywhere near as extravagant as the rendering showed. But then again, the finished product really looks like the initial design. They definitely went full steam ahead with the Asian theming, with the centrepiece of a lucky dragon, 
that was a giant glass dragon chandelier fashioned from 762 individual customised glass scales that promised an authentic Asian cultural and gaming experience and that's exactly what we got. For their authentic dining experience there was Dragon's Alley that offered the best street food offerings of China, Taiwan and broader Asia. There was Bao Nao which was serving quick and easy dishes meant to be consumed on the go. Um, an ocean themed restaurant called Pearl Ocean um, was also there which was specialising in dim sum and the fine dining option was the Phoenix. There's also a few other eateries and bars that were in the uh, Lucky Dragon. The casino floor itself consisted of 37 tables and 287 slot machines with the majority of the tables focusing on table games popular in Asia. So they were like Baccarat and a game called Paigo. I have no idea how you play either of those but I have heard of Baccarat. Now if you wanted to relax then there was a pool and there was a spa and that offered a variety of different treatments. Now as you'd probably expect, the theming extended to the rooms and the suites to the point where they offered Chinese TV programs and tea brewing equipment, which included a complimentary offering of Lucky Dragon's imported house tea selections. There's actually no fourth floor either, because in Chinese superstition, the number four is actually considered unlucky. The hotel was to provide an affordable alternative for the foreign market, a major growing factor in the Vegas economy, while offering something truly different when it came to drinks and dining. If we weren't 100% as to what their target market was, then just let me add that conveniently, Henan Airlines uh, would actually begin flying non-stop from Beijing to Las Vegas the day before the grand opening celebration of the casino. Now, after the soft opening, Lucky Dragon opened officially on the 3rd of December. Now, I remember when we found out about this casino being built and the fact that it was catering to the Asian market, a lot of people were actually concerned that it was a bit too much of a niche of a market for it to be actually sustainable in the long term. Now, it did look like they'd pulled out all the stops to make it as enticing to the Asian market as possible. And there's a positive flow about the place with people saying that the strategy was paying off. According to Fonfer himself, um, the resort would rely mainly on local Asian residents as well as Asian tourists from California and China with the prediction being that 60% of Lucky Dragon customers would actually be local Asian residents. <clears throat> However, just three months in and the Lucky Dragon was hit with a litigation suit. The Penta Building Group, which is a company that actually carried out most of the construction work, claimed that they were owed $7.4 million for the work that they'd completed, but they'd not been paid for. But it turns out that this litigation actually came to nothing, so I don't think any money ended up being paid out, but this was a sign of more financial problems yet to come for the Lucky Dragon Casino. As the months went by, the number of visitors went down to the point where the food court, Dragon Alley, became the first casualty and was closed pretty early on due to lack of customers and during the time of litigation, the Lucky Dragon would end up letting go of over 100 members of their staff. There were numerous attempts to entice people to visit the, um, the casino, including theme nights such as karaoke night, but the number of visitors sadly continued to decline. Lucky Dragon was failing to lure gamblers with its promise of eclectic Eastern cuisine and a casino staffed by various Asian language speakers. What gamblers really wanted was good value and generous comps, and here at Lucky Dragon they just could not compete with Boyd Gading, Gading? Gaming and Station Casinos, which were catering to the Asian locals market. 
And this was actually confirmed when the Review Journal interviewed Chinese gamblers at the resort who stated that the main issue with the resort wasn't the food, it wasn't the game, it was actually the resort's stingy comp policy, which was actually strenuously denied by the actual uh, people working at Lucky Dragon. Because um, I remember this chap did say that their comps were actually as competitive as many others, but obviously their main customers, the Asian market, didn't feel that way. I think there's a lot of issues to do with the Baccarat game. Again, I don't really understand it, but the comps just weren't there. So people just weren't going. Uh, another problem was he was getting a lot of big gamblers going there, playing, winning the money, and then taking their wins somewhere else on the strip. So obviously normally most casinos want you to win, well, play, win, put it back in, and then put some more in. But this wasn't happening. The gamblers were putting money in, winning, then going off down the strip somewhere else. So obviously no money was being made there either. Another reason touted was location, and that by being situated near the strip's northern end, the region was considered to be littered with eyesores, reminding passengers... Passengers? You can tell I'm reading this, can't you? Reminding passengers... I said it again? Reminding bypassers of the recent US recession. At the time, Resource World was just a concept, and the Fontainebleau were still standing partially finished. To be honest, it would be unfair to fully blame the location for Lucky Dragon's apparent ill fortunes, because plenty of Asian gamblers could easily be found at the nearby SLS Vegas. Now, why would they be at SLS Vegas? It's in the same area. Oh yeah, better perks and comps, which, as I've already said, Lucky Dragon just were not providing. Then, in January 2018, a little over a year since the resort opened its doors, Lucky Dragon announced it would temporarily discontinue their gaming and restaurant operations. The hotel and gift shop would remain open for business, along with the resort's lobby, tea and bar area. The, ro- uh, the resort said that those terminated that week would have first dibs on regaining employment when the property would reopen in six months' time. However, that actually never happened, because uh, the February of that year, the Lucky Dragon was scheduled to go to auction, and it was reported that developer Adru Fonfa had defaulted on a 90 million loan he took out in the spring of 2016 to finish construction, and that Fonfa owed nearly 49 million to Snow Covered Capital, which was the investment firm that provided the loan. The financial uh, woes for Lucky Dragon just got worse and worse. Um, it was largely financed through the US government's EB5 visa program. Now, this is where foreigners and their families can obtain permanent residency, you know, like through a green card, by investing at least $500,000 in a development project that employs at least 10 people. Fonfa created an entity called the Las Vegas Economic Impact Regional Center to facilitate the EB-5 program, in which more than 200 foreign investors who weren't involved in the day-to-day operations of the casino reportedly bought in. So think about that. 200 investors all investing at least $500,000. That is a lot of money. But it was then discovered in 2015... Short on cash after the EB-5 programme had dried up, as per Fonfa's own admission, the developer had sought a $25 million bailout from the Las Vegas Redevelopment Agency. So, unsurprisingly, by the end of January, Lucky Dragon was facing foreclosure and went bankrupt in February, and in March it would be sold through bankruptcy court. More problems then arose when Fonfa believed his property would be, well, he actually believed his property was worth $143 million, 
but his main creditor, Snow Covered Capital, claimed that it was worth less than half of that at just $60 million. Another shocking twist is that despite collectively spending more than anyone else in the project, these 200 plus foreign investors, their money was in serious danger of going up in smoke with not one of them receiving any US residency. Less than two years after opening, Lucky Dragon ended up closing its doors for good on October 2018 after failing to attract a single bidder. Now, let's fast forward to April 2019, when finally there is interest in Lucky Dragon and it is sold for a mere $36 million to a developer who wanted to turn the building into a non-gaming hotel and conference space. Oh yeah, and if you're wondering what happened to the foreign investor as well, unsurprisingly, they sued the developers claiming they were fraudulently induced into helping finance the project with not one of them ending up with a green card. Now sadly I couldn't find out much else about what happened to these people but it was stated that these investments do come with risks. They knew the risk when they took on these investments but there are numerous lawsuits over this situation that are still active. The new owner, a Mr Don Ahern, um, he's a local Vegas uh, businessman and he eventually reopened the Lucky Dragon as the Ahern Hotel and Convention Centre in late 2019. The focus now was being on transforming the resort into an ideal location for small to middle-sized conventions and meetings with absolutely no intentions on gambling. Around $10 million was invested in renovating the hotel section, with the separate casino area to be turned into a dedicated convention slash meeting space that would be available to rent. Now, COVID slowed down his plans, but I believe that the whole thing is now up and running and it is taking bookings on its website. I've actually had a quick look on the website for the Ahern Hotel, and the rooms are pretty decent. You can see, because I've looked at the Lucky Dragon rooms, I've looked at the um, Ahern rooms. Obviously, the layout's the same, the design's kind of the same, but the actual decorations, there's no more red and it's a lot more um, subdued. Um, the prices aren't too bad either. Um, it looked like for a standard king room, you're looking at a minimum of $129 a night before tax. And I couldn't see anywhere that actually mentioned a resort fee. The restaurants and eateries themselves, um, they all seem to be Italian based, which for me is no bad thing. I doubt I'd stay there. Um, I'm going to have to say location. But um, I just thought I'd share the info just in case you're interested. Um, yeah, Google uh, Hotel and you can look for it yourself. <clears throat> So, yep, there we have it, the rocky and very short story of the Lucky Dragon. I'm pretty sure it was open when we were in Vegas, but we actually couldn't be bothered to go there, which is a real shame, and it's probably the reason why it failed. Not us, but lots of other people just thought, oh, shall we go over there? Oh, we really can't be bothered, look where it is, or it's a bit far, or it's a shame. It just didn't seem to pull the punters. Now, I'm not sure either if many people actually vlogged from there either, so it'll be interesting now to see how Resource World actually does. We're really looking forward to going and walking around Resource World and seeing what it's like. And as you all know, work is starting back up again at Fontainebleau, so that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. I always feel that the north of the Strip always gets a bad rap, but we like it as much as the rest of the Strip. And if you think about it, like with Fremont and the surrounding areas, before people invested in it, it also had, um, it was considered to be too risky to venture too far from Fremont. But now you've got area, areas like the wonderful like eclectic art district, which we absolutely love. So I'm just hoping that, do you know what I mean, that they do keep on at the north area of the Strip, keep developing there, get more people up there. Because um, 
I like it. I like the Strat. I like Circus Circus. I like Pepper Mill. Um, I'm sure I'm going to like Resorts World. So, you know, it's just a shame that people just think that whole area is a bit dodgy. Don't get me wrong, I probably wouldn't be walking around there too much late at night. But we have walked all the way from um, Container Park in Fremont all the way down to the Strat. So, um, we've done that in the day. So, yeah, anyway, that's all I've got to say on it, really. Um, hopefully, you found it quite interesting. It's a shame. But if you look at it financially, it was just it was doomed from the very start. I think there's problems with the construction as well. Um, the hot weather um, at the time of construction meant that a lot of the concrete was cracking. So they had to get people in basically working really early in the morning to pour all the concrete. So it would start setting before the, um, the temperature got unbearable and the actual concrete itself cracked. Obviously, they've got to start all over again. Cost more money. And I assume getting more people in to work early on as well. That must have cost a lot of money as well. Um, it looks as well that the initial chap, uh, Mr. Fonfer, I don't think he really managed it very well. It just does not sound like he... He just seems to be messing about with money a bit too much. And I really do feel for the um, the Chinese investors. Now, I know there's something to gain from it. They had like a green card to gain. So, $500,000. Can I now be a US resident? Yes, there you go, sir. So, I mean, that is going to be enticing. Um, but it is a shame that over 200 people, more or less, got well and truly screwed over due to um, well, bad business plan, bad location, bad casino. I don't know. Um, I was trying to find some forums with people talking about um, Lucky Dragon when it was actually open. Like I said, a lot of people did think that the um, Asian theming was a bit OTT. And there's just no way you could have just relied on those kind, well, those kind of people, on the Asian community uh, being there. Don't think the local residents were really enamoured by it as well. <sighs> Maybe it was just built at the wrong time. You can't even build, uh, build. you can't even blame COVID though, can you? Do you know what I mean? COVID caused a lot of problems with um, the development of various places around Vegas. But by this point, the hotel and the convention centre, the Red Lucky Dragon had been already built. It was already struggling and it had already been closed. So you can't even blame that. Um, yeah, I found, I found it interesting read to see exactly what had happened and what an absolute monumental cock-up it actually all was. Yeah, you got to feel for the people that was working there as well. It, it was a good idea. I think it was a good idea. Vegas does do theming well. I know some people turn their nose up at stuff like Excalibur and Luxor and <laughs> Circus Circus. But you know what? We all need a bit of fun. There's nothing wrong with theming. And... To be honest, this theming itself was more serious, I suppose. Like, you've got Luxor, um, Circus Circus and Excalibur. That's more fun theming, isn't it, Jeremy? Like, castles and you've got a tournament of kings and it all goes along with that. Even all of that's been stripped back now with a lot of those. Apart from Circus Circus, nothing stripped back with that place, is it? They're not even stripped back the uh, carpet that has probably been there since it's been built. But, um, yeah, it was quite... A, it was very in your face Asian, but I think it was done well. It looked well, but yeah, sad times for the Unlucky Dragon Casino. I don't know how popular the um, Ahern um, Hotel is going to be. I do know that during lockdown, he ran into a few um, problems with the law over COVID restrictions, not following them. Uh, but who am I to cast aspersions? I think he held a few events with too many people or something like that. Naughty chat. But yeah, that's basically what I found and hopefully... You have found it as interesting as I did in researching it. I do recommend doing a bit of Googling about it all. Um, yeah, 
I can't imagine that um, this is the only casino to have gone through these kind of problems. It all seems to boil down to money at the end of the day. But they do say, money makes the world go around. So as I previously said, I'm hoping next week to talk about the Fontainebleau and see what happened with that. Um, I think there's got a lot more things going on about it. I really haven't got a clue at that at all. Did you think it changed names to the Drew? Or was it the Drew, then Fontainebleau? Or was it Fontainebleau, then Drew, then Fontainebleau? I really don't know. And this is what the thing was with Lucky Dragon. And it was built, and it was Asian, and it closed down because nobody wanted to go there. I didn't know anything else. Fontainebleau, and it was built, and it changed names. I knew nobody was using it. I think there's some problems with the local residents, but I'm not going to go into that now because it's going to ruin it for the next uh, podcast. So, yeah, I just want to say to everybody then, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, There'll be another one next week. I'll try and make it for Wednesday. And I'm going to keep trying to make it for every Wednesday like I used to before I start gazing. We'll be going to Vegas in March, as you all know. So really looking forward to that. Still haven't decided if I'm going to um, vlog there or vlog when I get back. I'm going to probably mix it up. Um, talking about Vegas, because um, today's Thursday, I'm actually filming this really last minute straight after work. Um, Excalibur's on fire today. Um, one of my friends, he, um, his name's Roger, he actually messaged me, um, showed me, sent me a video and um, photographed all these fire trucks around Excalibur. So I shoved it on Facebook and Twitter to let people know. Luckily the fire was under control and got put out. I don't actually know where it was. Um, after this podcast, I'm going to... Um, find some news, find out what happened. Well, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, Kevin Alderton, he's um, at Vegas at the moment, so looking forward to his uh, vlog, because he's a bloody funny chap, really, really is. Um, I think Penny's is going soon as well, Penny's for Vegas. We're going to miss all these people. Um, I never tie my holidays um, properly, do I? But um, yeah, so there's some good um, YouTube vlogs coming up from some really good YouTube vloggers, and me. So, yeah, thank you everybody for uh, listening. I'm going to do a running out and um, please like and subscribe or whatever you do, follow the podcast. Um, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, you know what I mean? They might want to listen to it as well. But for now, I'm going to love you and leave you. And uh, thank you and to a bit. I have very much on so I thought I'd go away Or called the travel agent to book an holiday A lovely wench that served me asked before I went away There's been something as meaning to say What to say? I said am yow yam yam I said oh bye bye am Talking in an accent that you might not understand But all the folks in the black country and the best in all the land so now I am your brummy boy, yum yum, or oh yeah.